0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Friends, the Winnipeg Jets are going to be vying for first place in the Central Division against the Colorado Avalanche, a team that has given the Jets fits over the years, but it's certainly a squad that, compared to last year's championship team, might not be in the same peak top performance form. So. Can the Jets come away with two big points and a massive divisional win? What even are the Jets at this stage of the season, 20 games in? Do we have a feeling as to whether or not they're good? What are they struggling with? And what can we look forward to for the rest of the season? All of this coming right up on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets.
0: you Locked On, the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, like I said, obviously, Winnipeg has a very big game. Uh, They're going to be competing for a first in the division, although due to Dallas's game on Monday, unfortunately, both the Avs and the Jets are not going to be in a position to actually take first quite yet. Uh, Both of these teams, you know, there's been some schedule incongruencies, so Dallas has actually played three games more than the Jets have and uh, four more games than Colorado has. So um, right now, Dallas is in first with uh, 30 points, but, you know, the Jets are trailing right there in second with 27 and Colorado with a game in hand is sitting back there with 25 points. Now, basically, in my mind. This really is kind of a pseudo battle for first, even if it's not quite there yet in the standings. Um, You look at these teams and where their records are at, and they're all pretty darn similar. I think what's very interesting, though, is that the Jets haven't really accomplished this in any way that's similar to Dallas or Colorado. Both the Stars and Avs have generally been, uh, you know, overwhelming offensive favorites against their opponents. It hasn't necessarily manifested in a super productive goal-scoring season from the Avs, quite yet. Dallas, on the other hand, is lighting goalies up. We saw the other night, um, you know, in that really close overtime, when how quickly the Stars can really turn a situation on you, you know, super fast. They pull the goalie. You know, Robertson's there for some greasy opportunities. Um, Wyatt Johnston has been playing a bigger role for this team. So the Stars very good. The Avs are an interesting one. They've taken a slight step back this year compared to where they were last year. You know, previous seasons, they would just sort of run over opponents. But this year, they're conceding relatively few goals, and they've got a pretty solid goals for record right now. But when you look at it against a team like the Jets, who haven't really been scoring a lot, you might think, well, maybe it's not nearly as impressive. I think the important thing to think with, you know, and and consider with the Jets is that before this game against the chicago blackhawks over the weekend winnipeg was sporting uh, around 56 goals for it, which is it's decent right uh winnipeg is obviously a solid team but when you look at the rest of the league and which teams haven't really been offensively producing you start to realize before that game the jets were actually ranking pretty similarly to the bottom 10 in goal scoring right so That for the Jets is probably a slightly concerning thing, but they're still rocking a plus 10 goal differential because Connor Hellebuck's been pretty darn good in net. net. So, you know, against this Avs team, I think Winnipeg's going to have to be really careful. You know, the first thing that they want to kind of get away from is taking penalties. You know, as good as this this Jets PK has been this year comparative to, you know, previous seasons, Winnipeg really doesn't want to find itself on the end of, you know, Rottenen. Um, you know, McKinnon, of course, McCarr. this is just not a unit that you really can afford to give opportunities. You might be able to kill a lot of time on the power play, but as soon as McKinnon or any of these other amazing shooters finds that little bit of a gap, they're going to score on you. So limit that and also be prepared for a very difficult battle in transition. You know, the abs are a super fast team. We've seen them go coast to coast against opponents with almost relative ease. I think this is still one of the fastest teams in the NHL, even though their depth isn't quite as good as it was last year. This is still, I mean, an absolute monster of a roster. So, uh, you know, for the Avs, I I think they have a pretty simple game plan, which is to stretch the ice very quickly. If you can get the Jets uh, on any sort of counters, it tends to be very effective. Um, You you can start to get behind Winnipeg skaters and often form two-on-one odd man rushes. That's something that the Jets have really struggled with this year, as the defenders are trying to balance being aggressive while also being uh, defensively aware. Looking at when, you know, looking at Colorado's roster, of course, the danger men for this team are Ronson and McKinnon, McCarr, but in a little bit of a less, uh, I would say. Slightly under the radar name, we've got Arturi Lekinen, who has started to find scoring for him. He's not really potting them in the back of the net so much as he's just being really involved in play and consistently uh, finding himself on the score sheet. So Lekinen, very dangerous player. He's a great passer. We know that he likes to work around the slot. Not a guy that you can leave open. Uh, I don't know if Nachushkin is injured. He hasn't played a lot of games this season, Um, but if he's healthy in the lineup, of course, Valeri remains one of the top scorers for this Avs team and is an absolute menace, but he might not be around. I think one player that I'm very curious about who I'm kind of keeping an eye on, a a quiet one, I would say, is Alex Newhook. Uh, This bottom six for the Avs with guys like Rodriguez, Comfer, um, O'Connor, and Newhook. A lot of these guys have managed to find themselves in dangerous scoring areas, just sort of grinding around the crease, trying to create some havoc and, you know, getting some greasy opportunities that way. So the Sabs team going to be a very tough test. But with how the Jets have been playing recently, you know, Winnipeg hasn't really shown any fear against superior opponents. They have done a great job in a lot of areas. And later in this episode, we're going to kind of talk about what their strengths this season have been. And maybe what they've still got a little bit of work to do, or in some cases, a lot of bit of work to do. But before we go any further and break down Winnipeg season so far, just wanted to give a shout out to our friends and partners at BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for all of the sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis you need this season. Whether you're following professional or amateur leagues, they've got every sport imaginable from football to basketball, soccer, esports. A lot of you are probably following the World Cup. They've got all of that coverage covered as well. And of course, you you know, the betting lines and odds that you know and love. They've also got plenty of other sports, including European football domestic leagues. They've got auto racing if you're into F1, IndyCar, NASCAR, the whole nine yards. And they've even got Vegas casino games for those of you who want to step away from the sports side and look elsewhere. If you want something that's not just betting, though, they've also got wonderful sports podcasts and news articles to keep you informed. So you'll always be able to connect to your favorite sport, no matter the time of day or the site. If you're ready to get started with a a BetOnline account, registering couldn't be easier. Just go to BetOnline.net right now on your laptop or mobile device because BetOnline is where the game starts.
0: Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Hello, friends, and thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day. Welcome back. We are talking about Winnipeg season so far, an upcoming huge matchup against the Colorado Avalanche that. In some ways, it's basically like a shadow battle for the first place position. Dallas, of course, technically owns this, but they have like three games played over both uh, Winnipeg and Colorado. So um, actually four games over the Avs. So this feels a little bit more like a battle for the true first place, even if it's not there in the standings yet. But before we talk about what has gone right and wrong for the Jets in their first 20 games, I just wanted to recommend that you make your second listen of the day locked on sports today from the games that matter to the biggest stories in sports locked on sports today helps you go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with our local experts, providing insights that only locked on can give you. Be sure to follow locked on sports today on all of your favorite podcasts and YouTube as always, it is free to subscribe right now. So do so we just really love and appreciate your support and hope that you continue enjoying the locked on podcast network. Now circling back to You know, Winnipeg's first 20 games, we're starting to get a bit bit like a bigger picture and a better picture of what the Jets are as a team. I would still say that we won't have a full view until maybe closer to 30 to 50 games, I would say, and then we're getting a firmer view of the Jets. But I think even early on, we have a couple of key identifiers for things that are going well and things that haven't worked. Things that are going well, uh, we'll start off with the fun stuff. The Jets' PK, generally speaking, has been better this year. It's not perfect, and it's still behind a lot of other PK units out there, but I think Winnipeg is doing a better job of limiting scoring opportunities. They're pressuring in the right areas. They've scored a couple of shorthanded goals this year, and it just seems like they're more organized. We're used to Winnipeg's PK being really chaotic, but this year the personnel choices are seemingly more reflective of what you would think would actually make a good PK unit. They're marking uh, the puck carriers and passing lanes better, and they're generally trying to make Hellebuck's life a lot easier, which has really helped his PK save percentage. So that's awesome. I think that's a huge change for the Jets, uh, and Winnipeg is going to be thrilled with that. Winnipeg would also be thrilled with their bottom six. I think one of the biggest questions coming into the season was with the roster depth not being great, have been a sore spot. This year, the Jets have seemingly got two units that are defensively sound and can actually chip in with some offense. Now, look, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like Winnipeg's bottom six is some goal scoring juggernaut like Tampa or something, right? That's not really what Winnipeg is working with. Instead, you've got two really good matchup lines. And in my mind, I think the fourth line especially is capable of doing more offensively uh, at some point, if they start to get more deployments, I honestly think you could split the third and fourth line deployments pretty equally and still get fabulous results. You know, whether you're working with the Lowry line or Gus unit, no matter what, you're just getting good value either way. And defensively, these guys have been pretty rock solid. Um, you know, there are some players who maybe haven't contributed as routinely, you know, Sakumana line in until the Chicago game, but of a quiet start to the year, uh, Dominic Toninato, also a bit of a quiet start, hasn't really been a huge factor. Apologies, folks, we might have just lost connection briefly. Just wanted to uh, suggest that, you know, of the bottom six guys who've maybe not been as active on the score sheet, you know, Sakamana uh until that Chicago game had a bit of a quieter start to the year, and Dominic Toninato kind of in the same boat, hasn't really been able to get into too many games but you know when he shows up he really leaves it out there on the ice and tries to make his uh, presence felt so bottom 6 I think is really good um other uh, really positive contributions I think coming from the top 6 we're seeing Mark Shifley essentially having a renaissance season I think the thing with Mark is that a lot of us suspected that he could blossom again and be you know clearly one of the best forwards in the NHL but it was just getting away from some of those old habits, moving to a new coaching system and just getting on better with the team. I mean, you know, previous seasons, he didn't seem happy. Body language was poor and his effort on shifts was kind of so, so right. Some shifts he'd be really motivated and would come out, you know, guns blazing other shifts. He just didn't seem like he wanted to be there. So it's good that he's back. It's good that he's really pumping it in. Uh, He's been one of our most dynamic attackers this year. And when paired with Cole Perfetti. Absolute dynamite combo. It's been magic to watch. I would also say that Hellebuck has been back to his Vesna winning self. He's been uh, awesome in net, really a rock for this team. And look, you know, I, I will be honest and say that he has contributed a lot to Winnipeg's early record. But it's not just him for once, which is nice, right? In previous years, Hellebuck has really tried to carry this team almost single-handedly. It's not been nearly as bad this season. Still a lot of work to do, but, you know, the early signs at least are more encouraging than previous years. Uh, The last thing that I think is really worth shouting out is Josh Morrissey's bounce back year. And when I say bounce back, I mean, he's having a massive season to the point where people are calling him Josh Norrissey. Now, is he playing at a Norris caliber level? Not yet. I, I think he would have to sustain what he's done, you know, throughout November for the remainder of the year, right? Which is a lot to ask, but no matter what happens, right, this has been a successful year. It seems like he's going to have a really big season. And this is just a version of Morrissey that Bonus has really helped unlock. I mean, he sees that he's got all of these offensive skill sets that suit the way he wants the Jets to be aggressive. And I think that has been really reflected in the fact that Morrissey is, you know, at or above a point per game right now. I mean, he's just racking up assists left and right. He's got himself a couple of goals, including some game winners. Just been a massive year for him. Glad to see he's really thriving. And if anyone has truly benefited uh, from, from bonus's approach, it's really been Morrissey. Everyone in general is doing better this year, but Morrissey especially has found another gear. So a lot of really positive things. And I think, you know, the Jets' defense in general being more aggressive has been great to see. It helps to mask some of their defensive deficiencies because, Let's be honest, the Jets don't really defend all that well, so if you're not going to have that sort of value, make sure that you're getting pucks on net at the other end of the ice and creating pressure and supporting the forwards, which the Jets have done a lot better doing. Now, for all of the things that I think are really positive, there are some things that the Jets are, are really going to want to solve, especially as we start rolling into the heart of the season, and the Jets are probably going to have to make some trades to solve at least a few of these issues because... Not everything is a coaching issue, but, you know, obviously we'll talk about what some of these issues are and what some potential fixes are in just a little bit.
0: Gil Martin here, host of the Locked on NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked on NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We're just wrapping up real quickly with some quick thoughts on what the Jets still have to work on, because obviously Winnipeg is is very much a team that's just a few months into Rick Bonus's tenure. Uh, This is the first 20 games or so that we've gotten a real sense of what this team is like. And, you know, obviously it's going to take probably most of the year for Winnipeg to really acclimate to the style of hockey, to what Bones wants. And not everything is going to get fixed this year because there are some things that are more roster-based. Uh, we'll start there with that particular problem because I think this is something that the Jets can actually fix really soon if they're wise. Uh, I would actually be looking and shopping for a top six or middle six forward right now. If the Jets want to really go full bore, I mean, players like Timo Meyer, Anthony Mantha, uh, a lot of these top end players are are most likely available from their teams right now. And I think the Jets have the assets to make a really big acquisition. Now, whether or not these guys would be um, players that you could afford and and actually lock up longer term is a question for another day. But at least for this season, you know, someone like Meyer would be in all situations demon. I've talked about him in the past. I thought that maybe the Sharks would want to resign him, but it sounds like the current buzz is a separation, letting him go and chase glory with a team that's not rebuilding. So If Timo is willing to come to Winnipeg for a season, I'd be thrilled. I would be very much, uh, you know, calling up the Sharks right now and asking what they're looking for. It's going to be expensive. Same for Bo Horvat. I think Horvat is, you know, racking up goal after goal. He's got to be at like 18 or 19 already this season, which is pretty crazy. Uh, One of the few players who's just under uh, a goal per game, which... I mean, look, I know scoring is up around the league over the past couple of years, but this is kind of nuts, even by those standards. Uh, Bo obviously has some deficiencies in his game. The two-way stuff isn't nearly as neat as you'd like in the defensive work. Yeah, you can probably guess that's not going to be great either. But look, man, for a guy who punishes the puck and is exactly the kind of finisher the Jets are looking for and desperately need, whether it's at even strength or on the power play, I think you gotta you gotta pony up somewhere and be willing to take that gamble that Horvat is the kind of guy that's gonna elevate this team from being really decent to something special. Now, speaking of the power play, this for me has been one of the single biggest aggravations with this team. Uh obviously, you know, the, the 5v5 goal scoring is not great, right? We all kind of know that, especially because the Jets are very top-heavy. That means that your power play, especially a loaded unit, really needs to be taking advantage of those opportunities and capitalizing. But this power play unit is not good enough. The puck movement's too slow. Guys are overthinking passes. And by the time they finally take a shot, usually the goalie's already got the read. And it's it's no surprise as to who the trigger man is. It's almost always Kyle Connor. So the Jets need some kind of creative spark. I don't know what's going on with that particular special teams unit because PK's doing all right. I don't know what has happened to the power play to make it so slow, but you need a power play quarterback who's a little bit more efficient. I've advocated for Heinle, but obviously he's not really going to be getting game time there anytime soon. So in the meantime, you know, you'd probably be better served moving Morrissey off that unit and looking for like maybe a Schmidt or something. I I don't know. They just don't really have any clear power play quarterbacks, but whatever it is, Morrissey is just not really the guy. I don't think he passes from that point. Quickly enough. As a shooter from the point, I think that's where you're going to get more value out of him. But if you want him to keep passing it and pinging it back to the wings, that isn't working out as well. Also, I would like the Jets just to be faster with their passing. I feel like they're a little hesitant, a little too tentative. And if they can start to stretch those PK diamonds faster and get better puck movement, I think you'll see a noticeable impact on Winnipeg's ability to score and actually generate chances. You know, obviously the, the defense, the even strength scoring, these issues are things that the Jets are still trying to figure out. Uh, some of it's going have to have to you know, be fixed through like trades, like the the 5v5 scoring when it comes to the forwards. The defense isn't really going to improve anytime soon. I got to be honest, the way the blue line is set up, it is what it is, right? So I think Bones has the right idea of having them be aggressive, take chances, and go for more offensive opportunities. A lot of these issues are are things that are going to stick with the Jets for at least a few more months, most likely. Hopefully the forward issue was taken care of sooner rather than later so that when Ehlers is uh, on the mend and able to return from sports hernia surgery, he's ready to go and slide into um, an even deeper team. This squad, I think, has the potential to really make a run in the Central. You know, the, the Central division this year is pretty weak. So if ever there was a time for Winnipeg to rise up and seize an opportunity, this is it. I'd be curious to know how you feel about that, and if you think this is Winnipeg's year to try and make a run of it, let me know in the comments below and what you would do to try and fix the Jets' uh, you know handful of issues as they're trying to figure out how to play this season. Let me know who you might trade for or if you would actually have an entirely different plan in mind in the YouTube comments below or at my social medias at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It brings you the big stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and our famous take of the day. It's available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, so subscribe right now. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go.